We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Before Jack the Ripper began his reign of terror, there was another mysterious entity terrorizing the streets of Victorian London. The stories of this devil-like entity that jumped from roof to roof were initially dismissed as crazy nonsense. However, a bar named, barmaid named Polly Adams was attacked while crossing Blackheath in South London in January 1838, prompting official acknowledgement of this odd beast. Sir John Cohen, the Lord Mayor of London, heard complaints about a demonic being that could easily bound from one rooftop to another and had eyes like fireballs and hands like cold claws. Who was this enigmatic monster stalking London and harming women. This is the legend of Spring-Heeled Jack. Well, hello, our fellow weirdos. It's Dom, and welcome to episode 42 of Horror House, True Crime, and The Macabre. Before we get started, I just wanted to take this time to remind you, dear listener, that you are one amazing, fucking rad human being, and thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode. So, you'll notice that you've just heard the one voice so far. And that's because today is going to be a solo episode. Amy has had a load of shit going on. So it is just me today, which means that I obviously will be uh, the only one that you'll be listening to. You have the misfortune of having to listen to my voice for the next however long this episode's going to be. But that also means that I will be doing the buy me a coffee plug today. And that is her baby. So there's a lot of pressure because I could just drop the ball on this buy me a coffee plug and it will and it will be a fucking disaster. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try and do it justice. Um, And hopefully, Amy, I won't disappoint you. So BMCA, no, BMAC or buy me a coffee is an awesome way that you can support us by following the link in the bio. You can buy us a coffee or coffees. It is a one-time payment or donation, Uh, so no subscription, no sneaky monthly payment leaving your bank account without you noticing. And you can buy us one coffee, two coffees, three coffees, or more. So, if you would like to support us financially, uh, then please head on over to Buy Me A Coffee. The link is in the bio on Instagram, and get us some coffees and throw us, you know, £3 or £6 or £9 or... You know, whatever it is you want to do. Um, and you can also leave a nice little comment as well. So, you know, if you want to support us, it is just a, an amazing way of supporting the show. So, with the housekeeping done, let's get into today's episode. And it's a topic that I don't normally do. Um, and that is a cryptid, a legend, a figure of folklore. The one, the only, spring Jack. And 
if you listened to the Hammersmith ghost episode from last week, at the end, when I mentioned that the people of Hammersmith didn't learn their lesson from 1804 and spread rumours of a fire-breathing entity, well, that might have been a hint at this week's episode and what the topic is going to be. But what is this mythic figure? Well, why don't you stick around and let's discuss. And hopefully, hopefully, I can pull off a solo episode because it has been a while and it's it's very strange to be doing this on my own. Not going to lie, I, I very much miss Amy already. <laughs> There's no one to bounce off of. Like, it's really strange having to find ways to be funny on my own. <laughs> but I digress. Let's get into the legend of Spring-Heeled Jack. There were rumours of ghosts prowling London streets in the early 19th century. These pale, human-like entities were described as stalking and preying on solitary walkers. According to some authors, the tales of these characters were part of a distinct London ghost tradition that served as the basis for the later Spring-Heeled uh, Jack folklore. The Hammersmith Ghost, hello again, Hammersmith Ghost, <laughs> which was reported, obviously, at Hammersmith on the western outskirts of London in 1803 and 1804, was the most significant of these early beings. The Southampton Ghost is another apparition that has reportedly attacked people in the dead of the night. This particular ghost was described as jumping over homes and being over 10 feet uh, or 3 metres tall, and it shared many traits with Spring-Heeled Jack. And as I said, our old friend, the horny Hammersmith Ghost, <laughs> just giving people reaches around and causing all sorts of mischief, wasn't a ghost, obviously. <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't listened to last week's episode. The very first encounter of Spring-Heeled Jack was reported by a servant named Mary Stevens, who was on her way to Lavender Hill when a figure would jump out at her, grab her, and scratch her with his claws. A passerby heard her screamed and looked for the attacker, could not find him. The next day, it is claimed that the leaping individual targeted a completely different victim close to Mary Stevens' house and introduced a tactic that would subsequently be mentioned. He leaped in front of a passing carriage, forcing the driver to lose control, crash, and suffer serious injuries. He would follow this by allegedly, allegedly jumping over a nine-foot-high wall to get away, all while giggling with a high-pitched ringing laugh, according to several witnesses. My boy Jack had one hell of a vertical leap. Nine foot. God fucking damn. Man needs to be signed up for an NBA team. Jeez. Uh, gradually, the news of the strange character would spread, and soon the press and the public would give him the name that we all know, Spring-Heeled Jack, because that man had some go-go gadget wizardry sh shit going on. Like, he had those go-go gadget boots. <laughs> A few months after these initial reports, on January the 9th, 1838, the Lord Mayor of London, Sir John Cohen, would disclose at a public meeting held at the Mansion House a anonymous complaint that he had received earlier that day, but withheld in the hopes of learning more. One writer said several young women in Hammersmith 
had been frightened into, quote, dangerous fits and some severely wounded by a sort of clause the miscreant wore on his hands. Another correspondent said that the trickster had frequently been sighted in Lewisham and Blackheath and that several individuals had died of terror or gone into fits in Stockwell, Brixton, Camberwell and Vauxhall. The Lord Mayor himself was conflicted about the situation. On one hand, he believed that the quote, greatest exaggerations had been made that, and that it was quite impossible that the ghost performed the feats of a devil upon earth. On the other hand, he had heard from a reliable source that a servant girl in Forest Hill had been terrified to tears by a figure dressed in a bearskin. He was confident that whoever or whatever was responsible for this pantomime display. There were incentives, offered, and instructions given to police to look for the offender. Those Victorians and their wild, wild imaginations, man, honestly. I know there wasn't really that much to do in Victorian London, but still, like, come on, guys. Of the reported occurrences involving Springheel Jack, the assaults on Lucy Scales and Jane Allsop, two teenage girls, are perhaps the most well-known. Papers gave extensive uh, coverage to the assaults on Allsop, including uh, a column in the Times, but the attack on Scales received less attention. Uh, however, the coverage of these two incidents did contribute to Springheel Jack's increased notoriety. And before I get into those two cases, I think it's time for a quick commercial break where you can listen to some other podcasts say some stuff. So I shall see you here in just a few minutes. Hi lovely listeners, my name is Lisa Marie Imray and I am the host of Coffee and Crime, a true crime podcast, where each week I sit down with a cup of coffee and talk about any kind of true crime story. So if you are interested in true crime, which I bet you are since you're here listening to this amazing podcast, or you like drinking coffee, then feel free to give Coffee and Crime a listen to. It is available on all major podcast platforms. You can also find Coffee and Crime on Facebook or Instagram, where the DMs are always ready for you to slide in with your thoughts and feelings, recommendations, or anything true crime related. So until then, be safe, be good, be better, and all that cheesy crap. And I will catch you guys over at Coffee and Crime. Hi, creeps and freaks. Creepies and freakies. I'm Michelle. And I'm Courtney. And we are in the nick of crime. We come to you weekly with true crime, some spook spooks, and a little bit of comedy. We focus on being a voice for victims. But we also like to rake the offenders through the coals. We can never really seem to take ourselves too seriously, but we do hope you'll join us. So keep it creepy and stay freaky. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye! And now, back to the episode. That was that was a voice break and a half. And now, my goodness me, I'm going through puberty live on, live on the recording at 31. <laughs> a young woman by the name of John, uh, Jane Allsop, not John Allsop, 
uh, Jane Allsop, said that a man in a cloak rang her doorbell at odd hours in February 1838. He then removed his robe, revealing a pair of form-fitting garments that looked like white oilskin. Then, with eyes that resembled uh, red balls of fire, he would breathe white flames into her face and started to rip at her clothing with his claws. Fortunately, Orsop's sister was able to startle the assailant, which forced him to flee the area. While visiting uh, their brother, a butcher who resided in a reputable area of Limehouse, 18-year-old Lucy Scales and her sister were coming home on February the 28th, 1838, nine days after the assault on Miss Orsop. In her statement to police, Miss Scales would claim that her... Uh, that she and her sister had been had seen a person standing in an angled position in uh, Green Dragon Alley as they were walking by. She was walking ahead of her sister at the time, and she approached the man in the large cloak, and he would suddenly spurt a quantity of fa- uh, flame into her face, robbing her of her vision and alarming her to the point where she would immediately fall to the ground and uh, begin to experience violent fits that would last, or that lasted for several hours. Her sister uh, gave the descriptions of the attacker as being tall, trim, and gentlemanly looking, shrouded in a thick cloak and holding a small lamp or bullseye lantern, resembling those employed by uh, law enforcement. The person moved away fast without saying a word or attempting to touch them. As a result of Jane Allsop and Lucy Scales' tales, Lucy Scales' tales, reports of Spring-Heeled Jack sightings spread throughout England and even into certain areas of Scotland. Young ladies were his victims most frequently, and they all gave identical descriptions of a mysterious figure with red eyes, claws for hands, tight-fitting attire, and a skinny build. The tale of uh, Springheel Jack would start to gain momentum as the rumours would spread. Springheel Jack appeared in several plays, books, and penny dreadfuls throughout the second half of the 19th century, solidifying his reputation as a urban legend. As time would pass, tales of Springheel Jack sightings would increase in bizarreness, possibly as a result of widely circulated made-up stories. Uh, he was said to have even he was he was said to have even more superhuman abilities, such as the uh, capacity to leap into the air and over structures. Uh, we all know how Victorians liked their mass hysteria. I mean, uh, well, that still happens now. There is still mass hysteria very much in the 21st century, but definitely during this time. You know, take the Hammersmith Ghost for example. You know, it's just a man ribbing his apprentices. And people just became convinced that it was a ghost and then someone fucking died because of it. Victorians and their their mass panic is is very well known. Uh, due to the fact that Spring Hill Jack was never apprehended and positively recognised, as well as the incredible powers ascribed to him and the extremely lengthy time that he was allegedly at large, this has given rise to a wide range of beliefs about his nature and identity. While some scholars look for a reasonable explanation for the occurrences, other writers examine the more fantastical parts of this tale to make various paranormal hypotheses. 
The tales of Spring-Heeled Jack have been dismissed by skeptics as widespread uh, hysteria based on uh, exaggerated urban legends about a guy who hops over rooftops alleging that the devil was after him uh, or on numerous tales of a boogeyman or devil that have been around for generations. As I said, mass hysteria, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Certainly not me. Couldn't be me. No, not, not at all. There was, there was definitely a man called Jack who could leap 10 feet into the air and clear buildings and breathe fire and had claws. Uh, some, re- uh, some researchers think that a, a particular person or people may have been responsible for its beginnings, which were later imitated. Many people believed that spring Jack was actually one uh, or many people with a macabre sense of humour rather than a supernatural being. This idea actually matches the contents of the letter to the Lord Mayor, which accused the group of young aristocrats as the culprits after a irresponsible wager. As early as 1840, there was actually a widespread rumour that the Marquis of Waterford, an Irish lord, was the major suspect, which I hope is true. This Marquis, which I'm assuming is some sort of royalty, let me whip out Google and and see actually what that is. What is a Marquis? I'm probably pronouncing that wrong as well. I'm not going to lie. So a Marquis is a nobleman of high hereditary rank in various European... Uh, okay, so a nobleman. I wish that is true, because that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, this Irish nobleman is just like, man, you know what? For the bants. Like, I'm just going to make up this rumour. For the shits and giggles. spring Jack's origin has been explained by a number of ludicrously uh, fantastical paranormal theories, including the notions that he was an extraterrestrial entity with non-human appearance and features, such as recto-reflective red eyes or phosphorus breath, and the superhuman agility resulting from life in a world with high gravity, as evidenced by his jumping ability and strange behaviour or that he was a demon who was unintentionally or intentionally summoned. You know, because all of those sound plausible. Authors Lauren Coleman and Jerome Clark uh, list spring Jack in a category named Phantom Attackers, with another well-known example of this being the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Uh, typically, Phantom Attackers have a human appearance and may, have been, and may be mistaken for common criminals. But they can also possess extraordinary skills, such as spring Jack's jumps, which it is well known would, you know, obviously cause a human to break both ankles if they even tried it, and or escape detection from law enforcement. The attack is frequently experienced by the victims in their bedrooms, houses, or other places that seem to be secure. They might claim to be trapped or paralysed, or they would depict a situation in which they were under siege and had to fend off relentless attackers. Numerous uh, reports are easily psychologically explained, most notably as the old hag phenomenon, which is a documented, uh, which is documented in folklore and recognised as a type of hallucination by psychologists. Ah, yes, good old sleep paralysis. Uh, I love that. Love that shit. And for anyone that's had sleep paralysis, you know sleep paralysis fucking sucks so much. (laughs) It is still unknown 
if Spring Hill Jack was a real person who terrorised the streets of London, or if the case was one of widespread hysteria, an urban legend, or even an out-of-control ghost story. The Victorian Demon of London tale is still prevalent in popular culture today, no matter how closely it is founded on reality. Well, I mean, it probably is all of those four. Let's be honest. It's probably just a guy who was just going around being a, being a nuisance and causing causing a ruckus. And there was probably widespread hysteria. And it was probably a story that most likely got out of control. Let's be honest. Um, so probably a little, a little bit from column A and B and C and D. <laughs> and that is the story of Spring-Heeled Jack. And yet another case of mass hysteria and a um, spooky story being blown way, way out of proportion. But I do still find these stories of folklore super fucking interesting. I mean, a dude that can vault buildings, breathe fire, has claws, red eyes. Like, I mean, come on, that's fucking badass. Legit. But yes, a... Why is my voice breaking so much this episode? That's like the third time. And like, my voice is just like, Dob, please <laughs> stop. But yes, it was a bit of a shorter episode this time. You know, a solo episode, I can only bounce off of myself <laughs> so much and put in jokes to to lengthen the episode um, and make it longer. See, I can't even do sexual innuendos. Amy does those, and she's much better at those than I am. Anywho, I do hope you enjoyed this solo episode. If you enjoy what we do, please leave a five-star rating on Spotify and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Or uh, you are more than welcome to slide into the DMs uh, on the podcast Instagram page and say nice things about us. We're quite egotistical, and we like to hear praise. It feeds our egos. So please, please feed our egos. But yes, uh, speaking of Instagram, don't forget to follow the page at horrorhouse underscore pod and also follow the show on where on whatever platform you listen to us on. If you want to support us financially and you want to throw us a bit of money, hit the buy me a coffee link and get us some coffees. I will give Amy a coffee this time. I know when my mum bought us coffees, I, I, I didn't give her one. All right, and she's still holding that against me to this day. But I might sling her one. I'm more of a tea person anyway. Uh, so all that's left to say, my friends, is until next time, stay spooked.